listeners welcome back to full metal movie reviews i'm your host sandboy and um this week we're going to be reviewing the netflix film triple frontier with me to discuss all things that are mercenaries in the deep 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 jungle is ant ant how are you bud oh fantastic mate i can't wait can't wait to get into this triple frontier then us yeah we'll see how we go <laughs> Um, all right, so let's set up the premise. So this is a Netflix film um, made exclusively for the platform. It's, I think, I would say, hmm, one of Netflix better, um, if not not best, but better uh, original uh, content films. And basically, the basic premise is some mercenaries, a ragtag bunch of mercenaries, get together to do a job on a... I think it's Brazilian. I don't know. They don't really say the country. A drug lord from South America to steal his cash and basically live happy off the proceeds. So, Anth, give me your initial reaction on Triple Frontier. Well, Sam, let me set the scene for you. Here I was, a young phony, sitting down on my couch, eating a pizza, putting on Netflix, being in the 21st century and pressing play. And then the Netflix logo pops up, and I notice it's like a different type of logo. It's not just like the wording Netflix, it's the letter N. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's a bit ordinary. And then when I was done watching this movie, I thought, oh, yeah, that's a bit ordinary. You know, this movie. Where, where, do, you, where do you get off? <laughs> this, let me just, this podcast let me tell you, let and me bring tell you. that kind of attitude to it, hey? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah, it says, yeah, it says you. All right, every movie in 2018 sucked. Anyway, um,. Let me tell you why I say that. I don't think it's a bad movie, all right? So don't start getting my words twisted, Mr. Twist Words, for, uh, you know, ratings. I don't think it's a bad movie, all right? I just think that it was very predictable, except for one scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about, because, ladies and gentlemen, full metal movie review spoilers coming right at you, all right? We'll talk about it a bit later on. There was one scene that wasn't predictable. I'll fight you if you say that this movie's mediocre. No, I'm not saying it's mediocre, Sam. I just thought it was... It was all right. I was like, it's a it's a good time. But for me, like, I've seen this before. It was pretty predictable. Um, and I did really enjoy the action sequences. They were really well done. I like how they were precise and not over the top, except for the beginning, but everything else was precise and, you know, on point. Um, but other than that, it was much like my pizza. Once it was gone, I didn't want any more. I was done, and uh, I'll move on to the next film. I thought it was all right, but it wasn't. I'm not going to watch it again. So, oh, let me guess. You love this movie. This is the <laughs> yeah, greatest yeah. thing ever. Oh, it's my the, God. It's not the greatest thing ever. But ben Affleck is my hero. So, <laughs> first of all, go, go on, go on. Ben Affleck is a good actor. I don't care what anyone says. He is, about hands his down. personal life. He's a good cares? Actor. Great actor. He's a great actor. You know, Fantastic. Like, he is a good action lead. He is charismatic. And he carries the screen well. So Ben Affleck plays the character Tom Redfly Davis, and he's his role in the crew is that he's like the um, the captain or the dude that plans out the logistics of the operation. 
Um, the man that pulls them all together is uh, Oscar Isaac, and his character is called Santiago Pop Garcia. He's the guy with the intel, and he presents this um, opportunity to the rest of the uh, mercenary group. Um, we've got Charlie Hunnam as William Ironhead Miller. He is, I guess, a gunman, just a really good gunman, I guess. I don't know. Um, his brother is played by Garrett Headland. Um, he's the dude from the other Netflix film called Mud or Mudbound. Um, his character is called Ben Miller. And I love lastly, that. I love that. He's the only one without a nickname. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Ben. I'm Ben. And the last one is Pedro Pascal, the great Pedro Pascal. His character is called Francisco, Francisco Catfish Morales, and he's the pilot. So. First things first, let's maybe break down the plot. And as uh, Anthony mentioned earlier, this is a full metal movie review, so we discuss every aspect of this film. And if you are worried about spoilers, go fuck yourself, strap yourself in, and listen to this succinct plot. Oh, I stuffed up, man. I, I was gonna do. I was gonna do something. I was gonna go. And if you're not down with spoilers, we got two words for you. Turn off this podcast, and then. You know, turn it back on later. But anyway, it's too late now. It's too late. Now. It's too late. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with yours. We'll go with yeah, yours. No, if you're not down, let's suck it. Okay, so <laughs> or lick it, whatever, whatever you got. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on a mute for a bit. Fuck Santiago, uh, Mr. Garcia gets um, some information from a contact that he has um, called Yovana, and Yovana is basically saying. Yeah, there's a, a base, there's a drug lord that lives deep in the jungle. Um, he's got a lot of cash, and you know what? It's not important. There's just a drug a drug lord in the in the middle of the jungle. Um, so Garcia or Pope, I'll call him or Pope. Pope comes from I don't know. He's working for an organization that's being paid by ambiguously, you know, shadow operations. The government's obviously contacted some firm or lawyer firm to then outsource to some sort of mercenary security group to basically get rid of this drug lord. Okay, Pope, working for this mercenary group, uh, goes back to the states and gets together his crew or his old crew of Ben Affleck, uh, or which is Redfly, Iron Man, Ben, and Catfish. And they're all a bit reluctant to do this job because they're all kind of out of that life. They're all living very separate lives. Um, ben Affleck, uh, Redfly, is a realtor selling um, apartments and condos, I guess they're called in America. Oh, excuse me, I just got a burp. <clears throat> ah, that's better. <laughs> and then we've got Charlie Hunnam, who is on a tour uh, or a circuit um, talking about um, PTSD and explaining um, how PT- PTSD works and trying to be a support I guess, yeah, just basically being a support for um, similar veterans. Um, then we've got Garrett, or Ben Miller, his brother. He's, um, what would you say he is? He's just a UFC fighter, amateur UFC fighter. No, nah, he's just an MMA fighter, man. Every every guy who trains in MMA for a year now can get their butt in a cage. This okay, is obvious. So, but it's he obvious. doesn't fight like in a, a good promotion. He fights in like... Um, he's a fucking indie. Holes. He's an indie darling. An MD, yeah. MMA, MMA, indie darling. That's okay. it. Yeah, and no, Catfish is pretty much the him. only one that's doing like... I don't know, he's kind of a bit ambiguous, but he says he doesn't have a pilot's license anymore, but Pope is like, I don't need a, a pilot with a license, I just need a good pilot. And he's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I love it. All right, so... Hey, but why? Why doesn't he have a pilot's license? Uh, I can't remember, why doesn't he? Drugs, man. Oh, Drugs. he loves the cocaine. Yeah, something like that. Who yeah. doesn't? Who doesn't? It's a good drug. Anyway, so... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you're straight edge. Um... So the five of these guys are like, 
bros, all right? And they're broing down alpha male bros, and then they're all like, oh, yeah, you're my bro. Yeah, you're my bro, bro, bro. But they're all very... Uh, Red Fly, Ironhead, Ben, and Catfish are all very like, mm, I don't think I want to do this. Right. And then eventually, maybe after two minutes, they go, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's not a long sort of... Yeah, it doesn't take... They don't take a lot of convincing when they kind of find out that it's it's been pr- propositioned to them that all they have to do is a bit of recon for this security company. Because they're of, Yeah, and kind of map out how this drug lord's living, pretty much. Yep. That's what yep. has proposed to them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But what they didn't realize is what was going to happen next, which I'm sure you're going to get to. So, easy gig for them as far as they're concerned. And also, they get offered a fair amount of money to but, just do yeah, an easy, easy gig. Money. Which they all need it because uh, Red Flyer can't sell condos. Um, uh, Charlie Hunnam's making fuck all money on the circuit, talking about depression and stress and anxiety. Um, ben Miller's making fuck all money as a fighter, and Catfish is making fuck all money because he doesn't have his part license. So they're all. Do you, re- do you reckon he got knocked? Do you reckon Ben got knocked out in that yeah, first so. that I first hit? Yeah. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. I reckon. He said he won that. He said he oh, won that fight, but I don't. No, he said I didn't lose. Oh, important distinction. Okay, because mm. <laughs> they're two different things. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens next? Uh, okay, they so go. they all go um to South America. And, oh, yeah, they're actually all part of Delta Force. So they are all spe- ex-Special Forces. So they all do have a bit of training on um, airborne Special Forces operations. So they're not, you know, these guys are elite. They're not just guys who can shoot. They're fucking elite. Um, okay, so they do the recon mission and I guess they're kind of like, yeah, all right, that's done. And they go to have some drinks afterwards and then Pope makes a, a, a second proposition. A second proposition. He says to the guys, that drug lord is going to have at least, I don't know how much, how many millions he said that um, is in that house. At least five. What if we go in there, take him out, and, no, no, I don't think he even says take him out. What if we just go in there and take that money for ourselves? You know, and he kind of says, look, I'll cover your costs and everything to get here. If you don't want to do it, you can leave, but I think we should do this because, you know, it would be good for us. They go, Sure. Let's do it. After about five seconds of like, mm, mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> so they, they, they basically go in and um, they appear to be doing the job clean. Um, so they're not killing anyone. What they're doing is they're knocking them out, tying them up. Uh, long and behold, it goes a bit, shit goes south. They have to end up killing people. But instead of carrying out with like maybe, I don't know, as you said, 5 million, what they actually do is that they actually come out with a load of 250 million. It's actually too much cash. Too um, much to handle. Too much to handle. And when they leave the, the the compound, they burn it to the ground and then they take the, the van and they skate to an airfield. Um, and yeah, and the, the reason why they walked out with too much cash is because they discovered uh, while looking for a safe, they did find money. But then they discovered that the house is actually the safe. So in the drywall is money everywhere, in every room. And this is important to bring up in your little plot synopsis. It's Ben Affleck's character um, that who is meant to be like the strict keep time guy um, to make sure they're running everything smoothly. He's the reason why they end up, shit ends up going south. So thank you. His greed, Anthony. His greed. It's, his greed, man. His greed. His greed. And, uh, you know, don't don't you dare go greed and rhyme it with creed. 
All right. That movie was perfect. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Um, and so this one. And then basically, oh, they shit. go to an airfield, get some old Soviet uh, chopper to fly them out. Uh, but guess what, guys? The money is way too much. And they can't get over the Andes. If they got to get over the Andes, isn't the Andes in, like, Argentina? Oh. Or, or Chile or something? Just watch the movie, man. Yeah. It'll be that way. Peru. That's it. <laughs> Peru, you fuck. Um, so, yeah, so basically they get, they have to go to an airfield to get a chopper and they get the chopper, they load up the cash, which is basically weighing them down and to get to the ocean, to get to their boat, to then go back to the States, they have to go over this mountain range called the Andes mountain range, which is, um, one of the highest sort of, uh, I mean, the peak of the mountain is 22,000 feet. So it, you know, you're not fucking around, right? And it goes pretty much for the length of the entire continent of South America. So 7,000 kilometers and it has a width of 50 kilometers. So this mountain range is fucking epic. Um, and the, lo and behold, um, uh, Catfish pretty much said that, yeah, this is this chopper's too heavy. We have to lose cash. They almost get over the range, but the chopper dies. The engine um, burns out. Chopper flies back down. They survived the crash. I thought the crash was seen was really, really, really well done, but we'll talk about the action sequences later. Yeah, uh, and I, then I agree. To... I agree with you. Oh, about some, about time. They then have to basically <laughs> carry this money or as much as as they can across um, the Andes um, to the to the the rendezvous of the boat, but they have to carry it across, um, I guess, drug lord controlled areas of the country, and they get into a few gun gunfights. One of them doesn't make it, a.k.a. Redfish. No, not Redfish. Redfire. <laughs> Sorry. Redfish. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Redfly, he cops a, a sweet shot to the head. Yeah, we'll talk about that scene after. And they all decide to then, no, we can't leave him here. So they have to leave the money, carry his body, and carry as much of the residual money they can. And they manage to escape to the boat. And get back to the not states, but another South American country, which I'm going to assume is like either Mexico or I don't know somewhere that's not America. The lawyer who originally hired them for the operation says they've got five million there. If you sign this, it will go to various trust accounts, and you can have the cash clean. They all at the end of this decide, no, what? Let's all give it to Red Flies family. He can live off. Their family will be supported for life with this money, as opposed to. Him only getting one fifth of five million, um, and yeah, and then they all walk away and go their separate parts. So it's not, it's not a. I wouldn't say it's like a. It's not a like a fucking oh war is hell fucking oh we got to do this for our family. Like it's just like yeah, these guys are all kind of motivated for, by greed to get the money so they can have a better life. That's it, and mm. they go through a lot of shit. Which in the end does not justify what they basically ends do not justify the means. And well, you you did miss the real forgettable subplot, which I'm actually glad you didn't miss. But for the sake of our listening audience, I feel like we need to talk about. Wait, uh, how did what subplot? Well, what subplot? Santiago, he yeah. wasn't fueled by greed. Oh, he wanted to he, kill the dude. He was fueled by yeah, like revenge and by love. Did you forget about that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Cause he was um, in love. Mr. I love this movie. Forgets the freaking whole reason why they went. Week. <laughs> so did I, dude. <laughs> and I wasn't paying attention. 
Anyway, I'll, I'll let you roll with it now. You yeah, talk, and they so all quickly decide, talk about it. Yeah, well, they all decide that life is, you know, it is what it is, and they just they're happy <laughs> they could care. provide for Ben Affleck's family. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like. There's a side character that he's in love with. Okay, yeah, I believe it's Yovana. Yeah, and she wants him to get her brother out of prison and then to kill the bad dude who I've already forgotten his name. Let's just call him Bob. Kill the bad dude, which they do, and then they decide to get his money, right? They think Yovana stitches him up, but she doesn't, and then they send her to Sydney, Australia. Now, Mm. as an Australian resident, if I was trying to hide from anybody, I wouldn't choose Sydney. I would choose our little sleepy town of Adelaide. I'm just saying. He made the wrong choice sending her to Sydney. You mean Perth. We live in Perth. We don't live in Adelaide. Oh, France. Where do we live? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we live wherever we want, mate. Anyway, so I would just choose another town, all right? Possibly Queensland, but definitely not Sydney. Queensland's not a town. Queensland's a state, town, whatever. You know what? <laughs> Let's just saying. not edit any of this and keep rolling. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you forgot about the subplot. I'm bringing it up. So well, that was. It's not really a subplot. It's just a dude that this. He, they're worried if Yovana has. But she's the whole him. reason why they're there. Because he's he an informant, but Pope's the one that gets him there. Yeah, because of her. How dare you? How dare you come to this proved, podcast? I just proved you wrong. I just proved you right. Ladies he's and not, gentlemen. Wait, wait, you're telling me he's taking out the drug lord because Yovana wants him dead? Yovana, right? Yovana is the one that revealed the location, right? So at the end of the day, if he wasn't having relations, because I'm going to be clean on this podcast, with Yovana, then the whole thing wouldn't have happened because he wouldn't have had any of that information. So she's the entire reason. That this hap- that this happened, so her little subplot is kind of important to the whole plot. Because without her, you wouldn't have had a plot. Uh, okay, sure. Um, I I got the impression that he did like her, but he was kind of like, he's not that he's in love with. Her. He's just going to go there, look it up, and then see what happens. See if he can hook up with her or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, everyone everyone else is playing on that. Like, um, I think Ben Affleck yeah. goes like. Did you, did you, let's just face it, you're fucking or something? I don't yeah. know. Something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's implied. But, yes, she is the reason mm-hmm. why it happens. I'm just, you know, just want to get that. Let's just move on because you know I'm right. <laughs> well, all right, fine. I missed the subplot. Sorry, fucking the guy who hated this movie. He knows so much about it all of a sudden. Anyway. I didn't say I hated it. Let's, <laughs> let's keep going. Let's okay. keep going. So, all right. So, that's the basic plot synopsis. And if you're not happy with it, go on Wikipedia. What do you want from me? But what I really like about this film, and let's maybe talk a bit more about this sort of, um, yeah. uh, that more of this sort of element is one: the cinematography is just breathtaking. The it's like ultra HD. Um, the director of photography did a fantastic job. The green vibrantness of the jungle is so intense, and it's every leaf is distinguished, and you can look at every leaf and every fucking branch and you like wow you feel immersed in the jungle the andes are beautifully shot that scene with the helicopter was just absolutely amazing the scene where they're um on the rocks and they're getting shot at where red fly dies um again really greatly in scope in terms of the angles and they let you see the action um i can't say enough of enough basically the, the director cinematography was fantastic phenomenal it visually was striking it was a striking feel now do you have any problems with that anthony 
No, nah, man, I thought the cocaine crop looked really good. Yeah, so. it all looked amazing. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole thing was amazing. This film was scored brilliantly. It had a bit of Metallica, some Pantera, so a bit of heavy metal. To, you know, to really ram home or emphasize that these guys are alpha male, ex special forces super jocks. You know what I mean? That these are the elite of the elite, the best of the best. Rah rah rah. Um, it wasn't overplayed. Like they had the metal, and then they died it out, and they had the you know like a normal film score. Um. It was probably because pretty... they couldn't afford all the movie, all the uh, metal. But anyway, <laughs> um, the action sequences. Let's maybe dial twelve into that a bit. So there's probably I'd say this film is action packed, but it does. My only criticism is that the action definitely dies in the ass in the maybe last third of the film. Mm. So the opening sequence is Pope on a mission to take out some local drug lord. Um, and you see that he is there as an advisor. He's not really there as police, but he hits his shot that blows up with the grenade launcher that blows up the building, and then he hands the gun back to the police officer and says, oh, yeah, good shot. So he, you can tell he's like a uh, you know, special espionage operative consultant that isn't shouldn't be there, that's not meant to be there. You know what I mean? So that opening sequence, when he's, when he's riding the chopper, then he goes into the police cars, and then there's the shootout. The shootouts feel pretty authentic that they're not mm, they're not just like spraying a gun like commando it's everyone's looking down a barrel everyone's in cover and they're kind of laying off fire so that someone else can move up on the on the enemy so we have that um uh, uh, action sequence then we're kind of have a bit of a pause and then the next action sequence is when the uh let's just call them the Delta Force, I don't know. The Delta Force go in to the drug lord's compound and they're all moving very stealthily, silently, and they're all going through the house and tying up people and the guns are focused on all the sort of, you know, angles of where they could get shot at and they're tapping each other, tapping each other's shoulders, talking through the the, um, the radio, giving commands, saying clear, move, clear, move, being really stealthy. Um, that's, really, that's a really clean sort of, uh, sh- I guess... Yeah, really clean sort of camera play where they just let you, they have a camera fixed in location and they just show the guys enter the room or breach the room, hold position, clear it, move on to the next. So you kind of get that, again, that authenticity of how these Delta Force sort of special forces really do, you know, tackle situations like this. Mm. And then we've got an action sequence with this minor car chase. Um, oh, no, not a minor car chase. Sorry, not then. So they're in the van and they come across the the drug lord's family <laughs> and that family's going to come home to a rude surprise of their, of that, their kid, that kid looked that kid looked like that kid from the Adams family <laughs> when I saw him I was just like da 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 well he isn't he going to be for a shock when he comes back from church and his house is fucking burnt down his dad's dead nah, uh, <laughs> and his inheritance <laughs> is all gone and, it's from a war-torn um, country this is all you know it's all standard for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, then the helicopter ride again, beautifully shot, but it's not really too much action. But the actual crashing of the helicopter again is that he 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 loses power um, in one of the engines or whatever, and or loses torque or something. But he can still control the chopper enough to get it close to the ground to crash. And mm-hmm. you believe that they would survive that crash in the way they filmed it. The tension, sense. the tension was really um, built well in that scene, especially when uh, I believe it was uh, uh, young Ben. I'm just going to call him Benjamin because I feel like his name needs a little bit more Zang, um, was uh, hanging out from the chopper as it was crashing. Mm. And yeah, he said, oh, I have to jump. I have to jump. 
Mm. And, you know, like they built tension. That was, that was a good nail-biting scene. I enjoyed mm. that scene. Yeah. Um, even like just the, just the general sort of, the, everything was like wide scope. So you never, I hate action films like The Born Identity that just have everything zoomed in. You can't see mm-hmm. and the whole reason why they do that is because there's such shitty action directors that they don't want to show you everything. So you have to kind of piece it together in your own mind. But and also, this, they just, they, he just, he just, he could really sort of construct and conduct, I guess, an action sequence beautifully. This director, who is, who's the director's name? His name's J.C. Chander. He could really, he really did, he nailed everything in terms of the action sequences. Ah, well, good job, J.C. Penny. But I think the actors did a, or stunt doubles did a real fantastic job as well. Because by zooming out, I mean, it's the old, um, it's the old uh, martial arts trick. Like if you got an actor who can't do the martial arts move, but they're playing a tough guy, you zoom in on their face, you do all the real close cuts and, you know, avoid all the fighting. But the, all this zoomed out, you could really see that military expertise mm. as they were coming in. Like I, I you know, obviously mm. I know they're all actors as a movie, yeah. but I could, could believe it. that they had mm. some training, yeah. especially, you know, uh, Ben Affleck, was really fantastic. Um, all of his moves were very precise. The way he was looking um, with the gun at the same time, so it wasn't just you know he would look behind him, but he had the gun in his plain sight and he was looking with with the motion of the gun and and that when they were um, attacking, I guess, or um, being confronted by the enemy, uh, all their move there was no wasted movement. Every movement mattered. Um, so that was really like well done. Hats off to the cinematography, to the choreography, and to the actors and uh, Mr. JC, whatever his last name was, did a really good job. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, and so when the plane, airplane crashes, it actually um, the money drops into a drug crop, and there's a bit of a standoff between the Delta Five and. Um, that's a really nice farmers. looking. That was a really nice looking crop. As a fellow farmer, you know, I, I think. They had the well, they had the magnesium levels up, and you know the phosphate levels were on point. I think that you know they took care of their crop very well. Good job, guys. <laughs> and there's a standoff because these these farmers are worried that these guys are DEA um, or police or someone that anyway they shouldn't be there. And Ben Affleck um, kills one because a farmer lunges at Pope with a knife, or he lunges at one of them with a knife, and he just shoots him. And then he start, and they all just open fire and kill everyone that's carrying a weapon. And so, in order to kind of appease the farmers, they leave um, some cash with them. And that's kind of the thing. You get, um, basically, as soon as they leave the compound, at every stage, or as the movie progresses, they leave a bit more cash behind. And it's really funny that you can kind of, you can see the foreshadowing of, like, "Mm, this is going to cost them a lot more than you think, like, than they think. Because they leave a bit of cash with Yovana when they give him the face pa- fake passports and tell him to go to a different country. Lose cash when the obviously when the chopper um, crashes. Um, uh, they lose cash when they when they have to recollect it at the farm because they have to pay off a farmer and say, "Look, we're sorry. Here's some money." And they, even the farmers like, "Yeah, they paid their debts. They can let them go." They lose cash because they get some mules and they're kind of going through the Andes. One of the mules falls off the cliff and they lose a whole bundle of cash. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, they obviously can't leave. They leave some cash behind when um, Redfly cops the bullet because they have to carry his body home, and they can't obviously carry um all that money and the body, and they have to leave some of the donkey. Well, they let the donkeys go free because the donkeys can't make it up the hills or the mountain ranges. 
So every stage they're losing more and more and more money to lure in 250 million. Literally, it's dwindled down to 5 million. You think, oh, fuck, was that really worth it? And you also, Redfire loses his life. So it's it just goes to show you that, I don't know what the metaphor is. Uh, that Greed Redfire. doesn't pay. Man. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, <laughs> greed honestly doesn't pay, I guess. And there's no such thing as an, as an easy money, I guess. But yeah. Well, they, I mean, they did work pretty hard for that money, but um, it did, come on, didn't you see that coming a mile away though? Did, uh, yeah, look, I'm not saying <clears throat> this film's original, but I'm just saying it's 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 entertaining. It, it is entertaining, but like, ah, uh, man, it's just like when you know what's going to happen next, except Ben Affleck scene. But when you know what's going to happen next, it's just like there's only so much entertainment it could do. As soon as I got to the house and they revealed that the inside the walls was cash, I was just like, yep, he's going to cost a mission by wanting to grab too much money and they're going to lose all the money all the way down and all right, here we go. Oh, look, everything is happening the way I thought it would. Like, you can't, you can't say, like, the action aside, you know, the plot is important. Give me and one fucking action movie this year that you've seen in the last 12 months that hasn't involved capes or superheroes that had real action in terms of, you know, authentic gunfights that had a, looked brilliant in terms of the actual visuals and cinematography, had a kick-ass soundtrack. You can't. This film was the first action film we've gotten in, like, maybe five years, 20 years. I don't know. Since forever. I don't know, mate. I just watched the WWE original uh, movie... Twelve rounds, three you starring Dean sick. Ambrose last you night, and I, sick. that was that was you know Dean well Ambrose acted. Makes me sick, you make well, me sick. <laughs> relax, bro. I was kidding. That was the worst movie ever. I turned it off halfway. Sorry, Hui. That was shit. But um, what were we talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's predictable. No, look, Sam. I really want to talk about though. Like I've been whinging about it being predictable, but I, I have been mentioning that one scene, and I wouldn't mind just breaking that down a little bit with you if you don't mind, because that was a, a really good scene. You know what? Um, you know what? Uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't mind. All right. Yeah, so, okay. <clears throat> yeah. so then right. I was going to say the last, probably not the last, the second to last action sequence is they, a couple of, um, of the farmers uh, have been tracking them and they get the jump on them and they start open fire on their camp. Or where that was camping. after after they burnt a bag of money to stay warm. Yeah. And you were like, you knew as soon as he burnt that bag of money that they were going to lose it all. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Fuck. <laughs> and in the gunfight, they managed to get one guy. And again, it's very authentic because a couple laid down some ground fire. Pope goes to move to flank. They get the guy. But the second guy, they don't get. The second guy gets the jump on Ben Affleck, our character, and he shoots him clean straight in the head. And I think, who kills him? Was it Pope or um No. Ironhead? Who kills yeah, him? Yeah, I think it was um, not Ben, the brother. Ironhead. Ironhead um, shoots him clean, kills him, and then they just like, Ben Affleck is dead with a bullet hole in his head. And it's like, whoa, that happened really quick. And that's 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 what's so good about it. It's like, in a gunfight, though, that could happen. Like, it's just that's how gunfights play out. That's, you see, the, that's, cool, the cool thing about that scene um, was the foreshadowing at the beginning. So when they were under gunfire, um, they were all, you know, they retreated behind the rocks uh, for a bit of cover. And Ben Affleck realized that, you know, they, either they must have just seen him. Or he even said, oh, these guys really like me because they're only shooting his rock. And because Ben Affleck was the one that did all the damage at their village. So they were shooting at his rock. 
Um, and it was the kid who shot Ben Affleck in the head was the same kid from the village because he was wearing the same bright yellow T-shirt. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's wearing that T-shirt because he's going to wear it later when he does something. Um, so it was the same kid. And they're all shooting at his rock and Ben Affleck gets him to flank to do, do what they do. And they did it really well. And that was that was a great scene. But then this is when smart-ass Anthony, and I'll, and I'll admit right here I was wrong, Sam. I really was. Because I was like, there's no way they're going to kill Ben Affleck, right? Because he's, you know, he's a draw card in this film or whatever. They're not going to kill him. So when, when he gets distracted, he looks up and does that other thing, and the dude's right behind him. He turns around, right? And he pauses. Now, normally, what would happen is you would hear a gun go off, and then the other guy would fall down, and one of the guys would have, you know, appeared from behind a rock, right, and saved his life. But that pause, and I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. That's what's going to happen. And boom, right in the head. That was a brilliant scene. Not because they killed off Ben Affleck, but just because you had, like, a sigh of relief, and then... As Ben Affleck was watching his own demise, you were watching it as an audience member as well. And because you could see everything, there was nothing else around. Now, that right there is good cinematography, and that's good filmmaking. So I will applaud the movie for that. And I'm going to clap near my microphone. Good job, movie. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. You had a solid five minutes out of the entire film. Well done. Good job. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) Um, And then they get down the other side of the hill. Um, They're worried that if the boat is still there. So they send off Ben. Ben goes to see the boat. Yeah, he goes, yeah, the boat's there. They go through um, some jungle and they come to a village and they find out that the village is being armed by the some drug lords with, an, uh, I guess, an army of teenage soldiers. They are reluctant to kill some of those soldiers, so they decided to bypass the, the village. And in doing so, they come across, uh, I guess, I don't know what you say, some kids in a, in a van that, are looking for them, they get a van, they steal the van, there's a bit of a drive out or shoot out in the cars. Um, Pope's reluctant to kill the kids in the cars, so he shoots out the tyres, um, they drive, they drive, they drive, drive to the um, water, get onto the, a little sort of speedboat, speedboat takes them to a larger boat, and they escape. So That was, a, that was also another well-acted scene, though. So the, one th- the other bit of um, confidence I'll give this movie is that the main cast of characters were uh, actors, sorry, um, were very, very strong actors. Like, they all put on really good performances. So, Pedro Pascal, um, during that scene where they didn't want to shoot, didn't want to mull through a bunch of kids, he was like, fuck that. If I'm going to kill a bunch of kids to survive, I'm going to do that. And during that, you have that confliction between him and the rest of the team, whereas he's just telling these people, just shoot them, shoot them. And they're trying to avoid killing these kids. That was that was another tense scene. That, that was really really well done. So I'll give him that, Sam. Yeah, I'll also give him that. And yeah, and, and that's the the action sequences. Like, like I'm trying to illustrate to my young co-host here, listeners, we don't get action films like this very often, um, if ever these days. Action sequences have aren't really um, violent anymore. Um, it's very rare that they're human on human, but rather superheroes onto aliens or superheroes onto other superheroes. Um, it's very rare that you see blood. It's very rare that you see headshots. It's very rare that you see any sort of graphic gratuitous violence anymore. Basically stuff that I love and that stuff that I grew up on being a kid from the 80s. 
basically good old school action. I wouldn't even say that that violence in this film was gratuitous, though, Sam. I never said it I, was. I think I'm just saying you, just, you don't you get it. You just said you don't get it. What you get in this is an homage to that sort of entertainment. Okay. okay. <laughs> Where right. it's kind of like, um, shit, what's that other film? Um... The Expendables? I just said that to piss you off. No, that's really bad. The Expendables <laughs> one's not too bad. The two and three are fucking terrible. Um, shit. Starts with an S, and it's got. Um, you're not going to look this up. Sorry if you can hear some clicks and some clicking. Uh, it's got. Um, what's his name? Oh, God, this is going to drive me crazy. What's the plot? Uh, Benicio del Toro. It's, it's kind of like that film um, about the Mexican drug cartels. Uh shit. Sicario. So Sicario is similar. Oh similar. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. This is kind of not the same, but it's definitely sort of in that vein. Um, so that came out. Sicario came out in 2015. This is now 2019, four years later. So yeah, you don't really get the cool action movies like this, striking action movies anymore. This for me ticks a lot of boxes, and is I'm gonna re- I'm gonna, I will rewatch this film at some stage. I'll see this film again. Um, Good job, Sam. Good job. What did you think of? Uh, so the crew. So let's maybe go through. One by one. So Ben Athlete, what did you think of him and his character Tom Redfly? What did you give me? One thing you liked, one thing you didn't like. Yeah, how about that? Oh, okay, fine. Um, I like that he was shit at selling condos. Um, and uh, no, no, no. I, I like I liked how he um, not methodical. He was a professional. I liked how he was a professional. So whenever they were talking about his about work or whatever you could tell that he was really good at his job so i did like that um and ben affleck really played that off well um the thing that i didn't like i just thought that his character arc was a bit bit predictable like the greed um getting the best of him because he he needs money because he's not making money selling condos i thought that was a bit weak and predictable that's it how do you okay so, yeah, it's a bit cliche that he's the ex, ex-soldier that's down on his luck. But I, again, like like I like I his charisma. Ben Affleck's a correct charismatic, um, particularly in um, as a leading man. His presence, he didn't feel out of place. He obviously very methodical and he plans things out. Even when he's getting told he's taking too long, he says, I have allowed for seven minutes, seven minutes to do this, seven minutes to that. We are within that seven minutes. Shut up. Like... I like that kind of sort of person. Um, he did get greedy and he's vulnerable. So he had a bit of vulnerability about him. Um, what I probably didn't like was similar to you that he was a bit, I don't know, to kill a, a farmer pretty like callously like that goes to show you like he's not really with it in terms of society. <laughs> he's he's not like, he's experienced too much shit to be, to ever, to ever, ever have a doubt about pulling a trigger on someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then we've got Os- Oscar Isaac as Santiago Pop. So Santiago Pop is, I don't know, I like the fact that he's uh, hes a bit too conniving. That's what I don't like about him. And he's a bit too, um, I don't know, his character is like, he's cool and he's obviously very close to Redfly and they have a very close relationship and a close bond. But you can tell he's like, he's like he's like um, Dylan from Predator. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's just not an honest upfront guy and that's because he operates in that sort of dark sort of espionage space where he's 
working for the government but not really working for the government and he's killing people but not really killing people you know what I mean I think he was a bit of a um, twist of a character arc so I think he they played him out that potentially he could you know turn on the team or something along those lines and then he ends up being because he plays off obviously he plays off Ben Affleck um, throughout the entire movie they spend the most amount of time together um, and then he plays off as, as pretty much the um, the good cop to Ben Affleck's bad cop so they end up doing a bit of a switch there so I think that was just kind of that was done intentional I believe mm, yeah yeah but they do make yeah. up I mean they they kind of like yeah let's just put this shit behind us and get get home yeah yeah um Charlie Hunnam's Will uh William Ironhead um run of the mill yeah you kind of think run of the mill but then he, when Ben Affleck dies he does take a big sort of role in terms of getting these guys home and he's a good gun hand um he's obviously a very good soldier who uh he gets shot in the compound but he's carrying that injury like a champ and just you can tell he's just a pro so uh, I don't really have I think he had a pretty good part I don't really like rate Charlie Hunnam as an actor um, his his accent kind of goes in and out he's meant to be American but his English what is his uh, okay that's what it was yeah and it comes in yeah. and out like he's like he's not even trying to hide it at some stage so that's kind of the one thing I don't like <laughs> bloody <that>. hell <laughs> um, Ben Miller Jesus Christ Garrett mate you gotta pronunciate I mumble and I fucking struggle saying words but dude man you're fucking terrible as an actor. <laughs> Don't you think that guy mumbles a lot? Like you're like, what yeah. the fuck did this guy say? But though, though, I will say though, um, I haven't seen much of his later work. I did mm. watch a, a bit of his earlier work. So he was in like Four Brothers uh, with Mark Wahlberg and I don't know some other people. Um, and yeah, no issues understanding him then. Um, but yes, I will say, I don't know if that was the character choice or if that's just him as an actor, but yeah, man, when you're going to talk just say your words, man. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, that was really annoying. <laughs> and probably my second favourite after Ben Affleck, I don't know, he's not maybe not second favourite, but Francisco Catfish Morales, he is, pa- Pedro Pascal is a cool actor, man, he's like, just one of those guys that's got it, you know what I mean, he's just suave and fucking, just, just like a yeah. chiller. Killer. Yeah, man. I wasn't. I'm, to be honest, man. Not familiar with um, any of his stuff, though. However, he he did still um, did still the movie whenever you know he was given the opportunity. So, yeah, and I hmm. agree. With, I agree with you there. I really did like his character because that type of character where you're the um, uh, the down hmm. out of your luck, you know, hmm. drugged out, whatever. Like we've seen that before, but he didn't play it like that. He just he played it uh, subtly, like very subtle and. Hmm. And and yeah, fuck man, really. Oh, cool. I gotta I gotta check out some of his stuff. He's a fucking yeah. killer. He's in like um, Narcos, Game of Thrones, um, Sheet. What other movies? Uh, oh, he was in an I, episode of uh, Buffy the Vampire it. Slayer. There you go. Uh, Kingsman. Um, he's a killer. He's a killer. He's a fucking bona fide killer. He's the best. Um, so. That's what I really like that that this group that they got together had a lot of chemistry, and you believe that these guys were um, not. I wouldn't say not dependent. Dependent's not the right word, but they were just had good chemistry and they were friendly, and they yeah, they were know, a team. They, they were, were a team. team. And then you you know you you're absolutely right. You you had it with the first word. They were dependent as as a team. They couldn't have done it without. Each other, they set that up in the in the opening scenes during the MMA fight. They're like, "I'm only going to do it if that person does mm. it," because together they're a team. And when Ben Affleck's character died, you knew he was missing because as a team mm. they did crumble. 
And they did have mm. to come back together. So you're absolutely right. Dependent was the right word. And you felt that through their performances. It was, it was really well done. Well done. It was good. <laughs> yeah, and always a good point because when Ben Affleck dies, they do argue a lot. So yeah, you're right. They, they cut the head of the snake. Yeah, for, so, for someone who didn't like the film, they're sure bringing up a lot of good points. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So let's maybe talk into let's say let's just say this is an alternate dimension where a version of this movie exists, but we have some different characters. So apparently, Chad and Tatum, Channing Tatum, and Tom Hardy were in the film with Depp uh, no without Johnny Depp sorry Johnny Depp it was really Johnny Depp and Tom, ha- Tom Hanks can you imagine this film with with Johnny Depp and Tom Hanks wait I, I can't I can't see I what? can't imagine what and then um, what it was meant to be directed by Catherine um, as I think her name is Bigelow and she's a phenomenal actress, uh, director so I'll be down with that but it was meant to commence in 2001, no, 2011, sorry, but then um, production lagged and then basically, yeah, it all kind of fell apart. Um, so then um, Hanks, mean, Tom Hanks Johnny left. Johnny Depp's career fell apart, but anyway. Yeah, well, Tom <laughs> Hanks left the project. Catherine uh, Bagley left the project. And Good. then um, Will Smith was in talk for the lead role. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. I can't stand Will Smith. And then Will Smith... Didn't get it or didn't sign on. And then there was talk of, um, you know, Johnny Depp coming back. And he's like, nah, he didn't went on to make Collateral Beauty. So in 2017, it was reported that Channing Tatum and Tom Hardy were in talks to join the film. And Michelle Ali also joined the cast. So I was like, mm, that's not a bad sort of cast, but I can't really see... I don't know. I don't know. And then basically... Um, in 2017, I think something happened. Paramount drops the the film entirely. Netflix picks it up, um, and with Ben Affleck and Casey Affleck in to 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 take on um, some sort of role. And Ben Affleck apparently didn't want to do this film in 2017 because he was an alcoholic. <laughs> but then Mark Wahlberg was talked about to coming back into the film. Um, and then that's when Charlie Hunnam joined it and Garrett joined and Pedro Pascal joined. But then it didn't and then Ben Affleck came back. Anyway, long story short, I'm glad we ended up with the people we ended up because this movie could have had some fucking miscast leads. You know, the issue with a lot of those leads is that they just... They're not actors anymore. Like, they've gotten to that point where they, that Will Smith is Will Smith. Uh, Johnny Depp is just some weird dude who likes to do weird roles. You know, like... Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. They're not. They don't play roles. And then, fuck, like Ben Affleck is is still an actor, um, and all these other guys are not. They're not big big name stars, you know. Like if we fuck, that would have been a weird ass movie, man. It just would have been Will Smith going damn every five seconds, and then Johnny Depp just I don't know, putting makeup on or something. That would have been yeah, a weird. Exactly. Would have been I can't a weird see movie. Tim Burton, Tim Burton would have come to direct it. Can you imagine Tom Hanks in this film? Tom Hanks is like fucking sixty, dude. Fuck. Yeah, no, that would have, um, that would have definitely been a miscast. I mean, Tom Hanks has done some brilliant things, but no, nah, not now, not not this type of movie, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and triple, uh, uh, triple frontier uh, refers to the Portuguese tres fronteras, and basically, it's the three frontiers. Uh, for the Amazon rainforest in the upper Amazon region of South America. 
and includes a tri point where the borders of Brazil, Peru, and Colombia meet. So this obviously must happen over sub city that's kind of in that Amazon area. But I just want to say you like I was really super pumped when you told me we were watching this movie, right? Um, but the reason why is I got confused for another movie that's also coming out very soon that has triple in the name called Triple Threat. It's an action movie by the guys who made the raid, and it's just got like all these martial arts stars that are just going to beat the shit out of each other. And I was like, all right, Sam, yeah. Yeah, I'll watch this. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, triple front. Ah, oh. okay. You, you ruined me, man. You ruined me. <laughs> Fuck you. Hey, there's going to be a good movie when it comes out. It's going um, to be stupid. It's going to be a good movie. Yeah, look, I'm not going to say this is. This does have tendencies to be more of an art house sort of action movie, but I like it. So, um, Anth, do you have any recommendations on this film? And would you recommend people watch it? Do you recommend people sit on it? Don't see it? What do you say? What's your recommendation? No, no, definitely. Um, yeah, watch it. Like, <clears throat> again, guys, I want to clarify. It seems like myself and my illustrious co-host here are having, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a tiff, but this is just how we talk to each other. I don't actually like Sam. I really hate his guts. But um, the movie itself, it's not a bad movie. It is good. Um, I was entertained. I did enjoy watching it. I wasn't bored. Um, I just found that predictable and felt like I've seen it before. However, the cinematography was, was great. So, yeah, guys, you know, get your Netflix out, subscribe or whatever the hell you do with Netflix and, and watch the movie. Um, don't, you know, buy it on DVD, you know, be a 21st century person. Go watch it on Netflix, definitely. Do it now. Do it now! Do it now! And that's what I like about Netflix. Netflix, keep delivering this fucking fire content, man, because... There is a market for fucking adult shit because not every person likes superhero films. Dude, the issue with the issue with Netflix though is for every good movie that they produce, there's about fifty shit ones that come out at the same time. You got you got to yeah, they do buy a lot of crap. garbage. They buy a you, lot of garbage. Like twelve rounds, three. Yeah, yeah. they honestly buy too much garbage. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, 2019, we started off on shaky ground. With uh, a leader, um, Attila. was a bit. Attila. <laughs> a leader, Glass. Uh, I know you're pumped for that, but I couldn't bring myself to watch. I, it. I haven't. Boring. I haven't watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we can't be bothered watching um, fucking Captain Marvel. And so you know what? This is the first, and this is the first run on the board for 2019, as far as I'm concerned. This is, if you like action. Do yourself a favor. Check this film out. I will leave you on this sort of Sam's final thought. You know Predator last... You know the Predator, whatever it's called, that fucking sequel, that bullshit film we got last year? Yeah, it was killer. Kidding. How hard is it to fucking do a Predator film? This is essentially a Predator film, right? They're in the jungle. There's five of them. They've all got some sort of special technique that they bring to the squad. Why can't they just do this? (laughs) You know what I mean? So you know what I need to do now? You got to re-edit it, right? Which is the predator doing the heat vision thing every couple minutes, and you'll be right. But you know what I mean, Ed? Why can't they just do that instead of them trying to carry money? How about they're trying to carry a predator body for to whatever? Because the because the issue is now, dude. The issue is now is like everything now is uh, just toys and fucking future movies and sequel setups and. Whatever, like, oh yeah, look, Captain Marvel's perfect example. It's just another 
it's another movie that everyone who's waiting for this Avengers movie to come out is going to watch to, you know, give them a little something. It's all linked in, and that, that's that's the issue. We need more standalone movies like this. That's why it's too hard to do a Predator movie now, because all people are thinking about when they do the fucking Predator movie is what the next Predator movie is going to be. Don't worry about the next one. Just make a good movie, God damn it! That's what I'm saying, man. Like, this is This is, like... I don't know how Shane Black fucked that up so hardcore, but this is it. This is it. Just send five guys or whatever, add a couple of girls, whoever you want, to send five interesting people who have on-screen chemistry into a fucking jungle to fight something and then for them to struggle to get out of that jungle. Fucking, how hard is that? Jesus man, not Christ. Hard. Not hard, man. I'm telling what? you, we, we should do it. I'll go get the camera right now. Let's go. And people go, oh, this film isn't, doesn't have a lot of plot. It doesn't need it, man, because you're not fucking there... Like, Avengers movies don't have any fucking plot. There's Thanos. They want to beat Thanos. But end of it. Fucking Captain Marvel doesn't have any plot. She's She can't remember who she is. And then she finds out. Oh, okay, cool. Like, these films don't have plot. Oh, thanks you know, for spoiling it for me, man. Jeez. Well, fucking, you know, <laughs> um, Black Panther doesn't have a plot. Ant-Man doesn't have a plot. It's it. like, it. action films in general do not have great plots. So, stop getting up everyone's dick about it. Enjoy it for what this film is. That you, you watch it because it has good action, good good casting, good fucking cinematography. And you're done in an hour, and an hour twenty, whatever this fucking thing is. Like it's beautiful, it's perfect. It's the best. It's like it's... two hours, but is it oh, okay? Whatever. But, but it whatever. flew by. It flew by. It was. It was. You know, solid. <clears throat> it was a solid film, man. Flew yeah, by. I don't know. For, like I'm just like I'm sick of what we get served. Dude, I hear you. Films. I hear you, Sam. It's okay. If, I, if we weren't scarfing right now, I'd be giving you a big hug. I hear you. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. As always, listeners, you can find us on Twitter at fmmrpod on SoundCloud, on iTunes. I'd also like to mention that we have a side pod um, going at the moment called Satriales Pod Store, which is about Sopranos, and uh, it's a weekly sort of thing that we release every Thursday where myself and a co-host named Dave, not Ed, uh, talk about the Sopranos. Um, oh we review We review um, sort of each episode um an episode a week. Um, Look, so you guys, can check that out. I've, I've listened to this podcast. I really have. And I'm not saying this because, you know, this is full metal movie reviews. Um, but it actually is a good podcast. Like, I, I, I haven't watched Sopranos in years, but, you know, I jump right in. I'm kidding. I haven't listened to your podcast yet. But, <laughs> but <laughs> let's listen, guys. Come on. Everyone jump <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, and it was, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks, Anth. No worries, man. Anytime.